0: Hello, brothers and sisters, Pastor Jason here. I'm so excited to be back with you on this program. And I have a special treat for you today. There's a young man, a man of God, a worship leader, a friend of mine. His name's Chad Boney, and he has a song out that he has sent me for free that you may listen to at the end of this podcast. So stick around as we discuss our topic today. I want to talk to you today about a sensitive subject, and that subject is money. I was thinking about, first of all, The method and how to say this, I'm, I'm very careful to talk about money. And the reason is I used to use it as an excuse to keep me out of church. And I'm afraid that happens with more people than not. I wasn't the only one. And I won't be the last one that I used to go to church and I'd go, oh, every year or two, whether I needed it or not back then. And I would see him pass the plate and I'd make an excuse, you know, hey, you know, this is all about money. Of course, I never put in more than a dollar, but I thought they just wanted my money. They were never forcing me to give, but I kind of use that as an excuse. So, you know, it can really be a place of contention. For the church and i want to say this first off if you have a problem with giving money the bible says that you shouldn't give that god loves a cheerful giver so if we do give to the kingdom of god we need to make sure that we're giving and that we're cheerful about it and if we're not Let God work on our heart and work on us. He has a way of getting our attention and speaking to us if we'll just listen and ask him. But first of all, as I begin to talk about the topic money, one of the first thing comes to mind is, you know, about saving money. You know, it's one thing to give money, and we'll get there, but it's another thing to save money. You know, we really are in a society that is where to buy something, you know— before we can afford it. Every time you turn around, there's another 0% financing. You can put something on five years. So we just put it on payments. We don't worry about it. You know, we just kind of get enough bills until we start having a tough time. It's kind of the American way. And then we stop or we just pinch or find another job and, you know, go on with our life. But really, the Bible's clear in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. says, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. So we know there's a principle, you know, Proverbs is just a book of general wisdom, of general principles that we should have, you know, oil and treasure in our dwelling or in our homes. We should we should try to be stewards enough to be able to save. You know, I've I've been able to save through times and not been able to save through times, but I like to use the principle. Now, this is a principle, not a law. But the principle I would like to get to, and I'm not there, but I have worked toward being there, is try to save ten percent and then live on the rest. Now that's a lot to a lot of people, but I say this, Start somewhere. Start saving. You know, several years, me and my wife after we got married, we, we would get a income tax return back then. We had a lot of kids in the house, you know, my youngest now, she's going to be a sophomore in college, so it's been a while ago. But we would think, hey, you know, we're going to pay off all of our debt. We're going to pay off all of our bills. And we'd do that, we'd pay off all of our bills only to find out the next year at income tax time, we'd racked up another ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars worth of debt again. So we'd pay off the debt again. We'd did that for several years until i heard it on a program a lot of you have probably heard but you know hey you need to put back some money save a thousand dollars before you pay off any of your bills and that really really helped because i was able to save my first thousand dollars and when emergency would come up i wouldn't have to borrow more money so i try to save a percentage of your income you know this one philosophy that we looked at says save 10 percent. so but we need to be intentional about some kind of savings first before we worry about anything else you know i not a big, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there. There's the all kinds of plans of how to give and how to save. And you should not never go in debt and you should be debt free. And all those programs are really good, but I can't speak from that area because I personally haven't done that. I haven't done the Howard Dayton thing. I haven't done those types of things and not saying that that's bad, but I personally have not done that. So I can't speak about that. What I can speak about is what I've done since I've been saved. And since I've got my life right with God and I try to save some money And then second of all, you know, I think it's important that we are wise about what we do. Whenever me and my wife, we went, we have been in debt and we are in debt. We're not debt free. We, we owe on our house. We owe on some vehicles and one thing, or another. But one of the things I decided to do is that I just needed to be wise and carry some type of insurance. You know, some small amount of insurance that would try to pay off at least a good part of your bills. You know, when I was a young man, term insurance was real cheap. So I carried term insurance for a while. Things like that. We just need to be wise. And the Bible speaks about this in Proverbs 13:22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So we need to look at trying to leave some kind of inheritance behind. Might be for our spouse, might be for our children. I'm not necessarily saying we need to leave them millions of dollars. That may not be wise. I do like trust. When you look into things like trust that sometimes are conditional trust, especially if you have a kid that's wayward, especially if you have someone that you're saying, you know, they're not going to manage their money. You know, it's, a trust can do that. A trust can speak. It's like, it's like after you die, the trust says these are conditional conditions then that I can leave for my children so they can't just go blow all their money or consume it on things that are ungodly or, you know, essentially hurt them worse than it helps them. But we should have some type of a plan of some kind of inheritance, especially to protect. Uh, men, I want to speak to you, especially to protect your spouse if something, God forbid, would happen. Many ladies with children don't have the opportunity to go out and work like a man does, especially once they lose their spouse, their helper. And so we need to be be wise about that. And then, you know, I want to talk about investing a little bit. You know, I think investing is one of the greatest opportunities that we have for God to be able to bless us. Most of us have worked a nine to five or a 40, 50, 60 hour a week job. And we've done a lot of our life. I myself did that for years, had the same job for seven years then the same job for 14 years. And then for five years, of course, worked for the church for about the last 10 years with another job that I had before this last two years going in full-time ministry. But as I was thinking about investing, you know, if you're if you're wanting to invest, first of all, you need to save enough and know that hey, I've got a little bit saved uh, to where I'm comfortable. Save up a month or two at least. You know, I like six months better, but a little bit of savings to prove that you're able to save some kind of money. Show yourself and build your faith up, and then as you invest, never invest something that you can't afford to lose. That's real important. Don't invest something that you can't afford to lose. If you're going to invest $10,000, remember, if you if you had that $10,000, lights on fire and goes away, are you still going to be able to make it or is it going to cause you serious trouble? If you can't say that, it can go away, then you're not ready to invest. But the Bible speaks about this in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It says, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. And Solomon wrote that and Solomon knew there were grain ships that would leave out and they would go across the Mediterranean Sea. And there were many times the grain ships were Egyptian grain ships. But he knew that when you sent something out, you could deliver a product and then make a profit there's no you know i heard a man of god tell me a friend of mine a long time ago making money is not a dirty word. You know, it's okay to make money. Matter of fact, it's kind of necessary for us to live to make money. We can believe that our money can return back into us, uh, back to us. And it says, cast your bread upon the water. And Solomon would take these ships. He would send them out to sea. He would trust and return back to him. And also there's another part of this. I also read in another commentary that it was actually also somebody that maybe didn't have the money to actually send a ship out. You know, we all can't just buy a ship and you know, invest in, you know, an oil tanker or what have you, but we can also invest in small ways. And this gives the implication of someone that has grain, someone that has wheat, and they would take that. And the first implication was that it was to put the bread upon the water on the tops, that the boats would go back and forth. But there's also an implication, one commentator said, that also that if you put your grain beside the water, that's a place where so as the river goes up and down, it gets watered. And of course, we know where to be like a tree planted by the water for the nourishment you know the scripture says about us but we're able to give that nourishment we're to give that investment an opportunity to grow if we're never investing in anything else besides just the normal day-to-day stuff it's difficult to for god to ever be able to position us a way to bless us I believe the first area of doing it is learning to save a little bit of money and then learn to invest. There's all different ways to invest. You might invest in the stock market. You might invest in long, uh, short term life insurance. You might be in long term. There's all kinds of different ways. When I say invest, it means to invest in something in the future. You know, I look at this Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1, and I always see people turn to many times that that is just the principle of giving, that it's not investing. Well, I don't believe that's necessarily true. I do think that's what, if you keep reading in ecclesiastes chapter 11 it is talking about casting your seed upon the water and also giving a giving heart to the poor it is that we're to give of our bread yes it is but it's not limited just to the fact of giving to the poor how much better can we lend to the poor and the bible says if we lend to the poor we're actually lending to the lord so we're blessed for doing so but it's how can we ever if we don't invest if we don't take some risk and we don't ever go out of our comfort zone how how much more can we bless people if god begins to bless us back so that's important and then last but not least this may take a little time because it's it's a more delicate topic but it is on tithing and i think it's so so important to study this in scripture and take Scripture in light of Scripture. But, and you know, remember in Malachi, he says this. He says, the word of the Lord says this. The prophet Malachi says this. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. He says, prove me that is so important. This is the only place in Scripture that God says to prove me. And whenever I give to the Lord and I give my tithe, I personally, our goal, uh, me and my wife, when we got married, we had been giving to the Lord, but we wanted to be sure when we reconciled together and made things right and holy in marriage, we had an agreement to give 10% of our tithe. Now, I believe that God can increase that, and when we can increase that, but our goal was to do that. So we started. Whenever I first got saved, I started tithing. $25 here, $10 there. You know, I started noticing that I'd go and I'd give the waitress a big tip and I'd buy the t-shirts at church and I'd give to the fundraisers and buy the pieces the kids were selling and things like that for the ball teams. But I wasn't giving to the Lord. I found this verse, and I don't remember if I was in a Bible study or what. And I thought, you know, I need to kind of start cutting some of that back. Maybe not so many vanilla lattes, if you will, at Starbucks. And let me begin to start giving to the Lord. So I started slow. I encourage you, if you're not tithing, you start giving. You start somewhere. You know, the devil will tell you, if you don't give 10%, you're doing something wrong. Well, no, there's people that give 10% that don't mean they're spiritual, but you need to start this principle because the Bible says that test me and see what greater investment. Before we start talking about investing in things and investing in ground, investing in real estate, we're investing the kingdom of God. And I think it's a great honor and a privilege that God says, prove me. And that tithe, of course, goes to your church. Uh, we give to other ministers, me and my wife and I, besides our church, but our tithe goes to the storehouse. And I believe the tithe is a biblical thing. And it says, if I will not open." Open the windows. This is still Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. If I will not open the windows of heaven. I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Boy, I don't know about you, but I praise God that he's going to pour out a blessing. I believe we can receive that in faith. You know, I've heard people say, well, I don't know. Sometimes that sounds like prosperity preaching. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't think the God of scripture is the God that says to be spiritual, we have to be poor. I don't believe that. And I don't think that we need to also, I don't think we need to necessarily have a $20 billion jet, but I'm not saying because someone does have one that they're wrong. They may have invested wisely, may they have sold a lot of books. I don't know how they made their money, but I do know this, that God wants to pour out a blessing on us. And sometimes we give in money and we receive in joy. Sometimes we give in money and receive a, another relationship into our life that was key to our spiritual growth, but many times when God asks us to give, he gives back. Me and my wife have testimony after testimony of times we couldn't make it. One time, Ann and I were in such a tough position raising kids. We didn't know what we were going to do. We had several teenagers driving vehicles. We had insurance payments. We both worked Forty-plus-hour-week jobs. I had some small investments that I'd had, and man, we were just struggling. And I said, "Babe, there's nothing else I know to do besides increase our giving." And my wife, being as gracious she is, looked across at me and she said, "Whatever you think we should do, babe, let's do it." So we start increasing our tithe, fifty dollars. Every two weeks we got paid every two weeks. So that's what we gave. And when we did that, I'm telling you, it wasn't 30, 45 days later. I walked to the mailbox and got a check and it was for $3,500 to $4,000 right in that area. I couldn't believe it of something I didn't even expect on getting. I mean, God was so good. And I mean, it was it was amazing. It was something that we had list let go. We had not worried about. We didn't ever think we were going to get. And I mean, we were able to get out of a bind. And so my faith just increased. So I said, well, maybe we can give 25 more, you know? And we started increasing our giving to where we're trying to give more than 10% every year. And it's just, God just keeps doing it. And then I'm like, man, if I, you can't out give God. And that's just one testimony we had. But you know, I've heard people say, Well, you know, that's in the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? I've heard and I've even read in books where people said, well, the tithe was in the Old Testament. Now we're under the dispensation of grace. Let me explain that to you. Dispensational truth is a big word in theology. Some people that think they're theologians try to throw that around. But dispensational truth is just simply a truth that is true for a time period until another truth trumps it. So it is it isn't that it's false, but then it's a principle and a truth, and then that's a dispensation of time. And then after the cross, when Jesus was crucified, now we're in a dispensation of grace. So we were under the law for that period of time. Now that has passed, and now we are under grace. And that is true. We are we are in a greater time now than ever before. Under grace is so much better than being under the law. But it doesn't mean because God gave us more grace or a revelation of grace and he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, it doesn't mean that we can just do away with the law that's different. And I've heard people say, well, Jesus did fulfill the law. He did. So I don't give out of a law, but I give out of a principle. But the apostle Paul addresses in the New Testament in First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, And as he said this to the Corinthians, he said, on the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come, so he's speaking of a tithe. That's what he's talking about. And I tell I tell my friends this. I tell people this that don't think they should tithe. I say, if you think we were to tithe in the Old Testament, they all say yes. You know, bring your tithe in the storehouse. There's several scriptures. You know, Abraham tied to Melchizedek, the fir- one of the first high priests we see in the Bible. Abraham being a man of faith. So we can walk through that. They say, sure, I believe that. Then I say, if we're under the dispensation of grace now, and God's poured out His Holy Spirit and given to us even more and given us more grace and more more way to be able to live this christian life don't you think we should probably increase that don't you think we should probably even give more now but see that's just a, a heart of a person or that's just a a voice of a person that just does not understand I don't give out of the law. I don't give out of having to give. I give out of a grateful heart. Look what God's given to me. He gives me breath in my body. He gives me another day of grace. And one day I'm going to meet my Savior face to face. And when I bow before him, we'll all bow. We'll bow now or we'll bow later. And when I bow before him, and he says, welcome in, thou good and faithful servant. I know I'm not getting in by my own works. I know that's not giving that got me to heaven, it's not even my good works, but it's by the grace of God, and everything on this earth that I own is gonna sprout wings, even the psalmist says it'll sprout wings and fly away. I mean this old world's gonna turn burn up and turn into dust again. Everything that we own's going to be gone, but the things that I know that God will honor is when we lay up our storehouses in heaven we give to the kingdom of god we i'm excited to be able to give to the ministry of god's people and i hope you are too but as i was thinking about tithing and and giving you know the greatest principle is this give i believe we need to give to the poor we need to share of what we have with other people you know god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son in the christian life giving is the principle But I also know this, God's been working on me lately, these last year, year and a half in my life to where I want to give a lot. I really do. But I want to give more than I got. And so I also got to be a steward. And the Bible says that we are to be a steward of the things of God. So whenever I'm giving, it's not just give me a heart to give. Let me give, let me give, let me give, because I do want to give. But see, if I just give, 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 and then I don't steward, then eventually I'm not going to have enough to give, you know? I've been in a place before. this time for confession. Whenever I first got saved, I gave a tithe check and I didn't have the money. And guess what? The tithe check bounced. I was so embarrassed. I went to the church secretary and I said, man, could you please, Hey, not run that through again. I'll make this right. But it was a 25 or $50 check, you know, but I wanted to give so bad, but see, I didn't understand how to, I wasn't bouncing my checkbook correctly. And I wasn't taking care of stewardship, but you know what I've been praying for? God Help me to listen to your voice and know who to give to because God doesn't Wants us to help everyone. God wants us to help certain people. He wants to cast our seed beside the waters, not in the old desert that isn't going to sprout anything. And I'm not saying there isn't mercy giving, but I am saying this, to be able to truly give, I want a steward. I want to know what to save. I want to know if I need to invest. I want to know if I need to increase my tithing to 15, 20, 30, 40. Hey, there's entrepreneurs. You can look them up online that are giving 80, 90% of their income, making millions and billions of dollars to the kingdom of God. I mean, that's great faith. That'd be an awesome place to be. You know, when I say this about giving, God gives us a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's all his, but he gives it back to us. He's only asking for 10% of everything he gives us. He's saying you can have the 90. It's all God's. See everything I own's God's. If someone takes from me, well they're taking from the Lord I pity them. I really do. If they're stealing from me, I used to have several employees and I worked in the oil field and I thought, well, I never got too excited about we had a gas tank and stuff. And sometimes guys would say, well, they're taken, but a lot of times they'd ask me and I'd give to them. I mean, they worked hard for me, but you know, I never really worried real, you know, about little tools and stuff that'd come up missing. I never got real upset about that because I thought, well, they'll have to deal with the Lord. I did the best I could. We had a little security system there, uh, on the shop and you know, we were broken into a couple times to protect that. But really if someone steals from me, they're stealing from the Lord. It's all his anyway. I just get to be a steward of 90%. He keeps the 10. He lets me have all the rest of the 90, God's good to us. He's graceful. Friends, I hope this word's been good to you, and I hope you've learned something through this, and I want to encourage you to give. I want to encourage you to start with your local church where you're a member of. You start tithing that local church, and you see if God does not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing which you cannot contain. Don't forget, stay tuned. We got a song coming up for you, Chad Boney, great worship leader, great man of God. As for now, friends, God bless.
1: heart full of reasons I'll never stop Have I shown this kind of love to?